Welcome, welcome, welcome everybody to the newest episode of Second Star to the Right, a Neverland adventure, a D&D actual play show where five adventurers from this world and beyond are drawn into the mystical world of Neverland and race against time to recover a fallen star. Thank you so much to everyone who has been watching, downloading the podcast and supporting the show. We are so excited to have you here. We're ready to dive into this game. Before we do, a bit of quick business. We, of course, always want to give a shout out to our platinum sponsor, Demiplane. Demiplane.com. Go check them out. If you need to find a game, if you're a DM that wants to run a game, maybe you want to uh, charge people for a game, you want to just bring people together, you can do any of that on Demiplane. You can find players, you can find DMs, and not just D&D. You can play literally any tabletop system on there. They have the absolute best tool set of things that you could use so that instead of having 15 windows, 15 tabs open, you can just have one. They've got video chat. They've got text chat, adventure journals, content sharing. Um, it, it really is fantastic. And uh, spoiler alert, legitimately, and there's tech to back this up, their video and audio quality is better than Zoom. So you should definitely check them out. They're constantly pushing out updates. They just rolled out some uh, big updates to their push to talk system and their matchmaking and player profiles. So check them out, demiplane.com. And also you can catch their show, which is equally as good as this show on Tuesday evenings, Heroes of the Plains. You can go check them out. B. Dave Walters, uh, Lauren Urban, Adam Bradford, Jennifer Kretschmer, Todd Kenrick, Meg Kenrick. Uh, I'm forgetting someone and I feel bad, but just go watch them. They have a great show. They're fantastic people and they support the show and we appreciate them so much because they are what makes this show happen and bring all of these fantastic people that you are about to see in the world of Neverland to life. Now, some other people who also make this show happen and bring this whole world into being are our fantastic Patreon supporters. We launched our Patreon with the premiere of the show two weeks ago, and uh, you guys have shown up, and we appreciate it so much. So I just want to shout out some of those Patreon backers real back, real quick. Elisa, Bill, Eli, Johnny, Mark, Brady, thank you guys so much for jumping in and supporting the show. You can as well at patreon.com slash show. It gets you access to, oh my gosh, it, like so many things. Um, early access to uh, the podcast, extra access to our behind the scenes after show Beyond Neverland, where we chat about the recent episode. We take guest questions. We just kind of bullshit around and have a good time. A little bonus content there for those off weeks when we're not in Neverland, you still get fun stuff to listen to. Uh, you can get access to Shifra's adventure journal. Uh, Desiree is keeping a live journal in character every session so you can get a glimpse into the mind of Shifra, the, the circle of stars druid, um, to see what she's thinking as she's in the world of Neverland. You can get uh, DM notes from Joe. You can get uh, the group chat with Joe where he talks and answers all your questions about the campaign. And we even have just offered a new thing for one of our tiers where uh, every several months you can redeem a credit to actually play in a Neverland game DM'd by Joe and featuring uh, several Patreon supporters and a cast member from the show. So all that awesome stuff. We've got more bonus content ideas coming up. Really great stuff. Check it out. Patreon.com slash second star show. And to give a shout out to the rest of our sponsors, I will go ahead and kick it on over to my good buddy, DM Joe Nuzo. Joe, go ahead and take it away. Well, thanks, Andrew. I uh, want to give a quick shout out to our gold sponsor supporters as well. Their help goes a long way in making everything happen. Uh, Laser Wolf Attack is one of our gold sponsors. Uh, they are a lifestyle brand from the creative mind of Andrew McLean. He is a fantastic comic book creator. Uh, I'm sporting, I've had this shirt for a super long time because I'm a super big fan. This is the Crimson Tower Head Lopper t-shirt. You can go over to their website and pick up your own awesome swag. And if you use code NEVERLAND, you can get 15% off your order. 
Another gold sponsor I'd like to shout out is Black Oak Workshop. They are the official dice sponsor of this show. Um, if you haven't already checked them out, they make amazing dice, uh, embroidered dice bags, and super cool pins for you to use at your table. And if you hang out, uh, when we get to the intermission of the show, we're going to be doing a giveaway. We've got a fancy dice bag and these yellow dragon-themed dice to give away. You'll learn what the uh, the code is going to be to spam in chat so you can have your own Black Shop Workshop, Black Oak Workshop, to roll at your table. A quick recap from last session to get everyone up to speed. Our adventuring party all set foot in London for the first time through their own interactions with nefarious wet red wizards of Thay, they managed to meet up at Big Ben Tower, where they each got a letter to meet with Kahanit, who is a black or sorry, a gold dragonborn um, and a far seer. Him and his society predicted the star falling from the sky over the island of Neverland and got the party to go on a heist to steal pixie dust from the British Museum, bring it back to his laboratory so they could open a portal to Neverland. Once that portal opened, the big, bad, evil, red wizard Thassus Moldar showed up and almost cut in the party's attempt to make it to Neverland, but through some clever maneuvering, aka Dante spell slinging, the group was able to jump through the portal and make it to the island. And that is where we're going to pick up episode two. And I think without further ado, let's go on an adventure to Neverland. Dante, Genevieve, Helen, Shifra, and Talith. After stepping through the humming magical green porter back at the top of Big Ben Tower, you now all find yourselves standing on a cool sand beach. A magnificent peninsula extends from where you're standing out to an island. 
This island has a fantastical topography to it. This cool sanded beach covers and wraps around the front of the island. Behind it, a rippling dense jungle that clouds most of the center of this island. From the very far back reaches of the island, you see a mountain. Long, spine-like pillars jut from this mountain, and the highest point of the mountain peaks and penetrates through the clouds that hover above. Who knows how tall that mountain really is, but your focus is brought down from the mountain down to the beach that you are standing on. The portal that you entered this realm closes behind you. It's pretty cool out. The sun now just barely rising from behind the mountain topography in front of you. A little bit of dawn is starting to bring light to the island. The night sky still covering the uh, overhead above you. You all think to yourselves, wait a minute, we're here for a reason. Kahanit sent you to this island to recover a star that is soon to fall from the night sky of Neverland. This star is of immense arcane power, and if recovered by those nefarious red wizards of Thay, some dark creature from the void will, will rip into existence and consume not only this realm, but all realms connected, and we cannot let that happen. Kahanit, before you were separated from the Dragonborn, told you that you must get to a magnificent hill near the center of the island. This hill uh, breaches through the dense jungle topography of Neverland and will give you the best position to watch the star fall from the sky and land on the island so that you can track it. As you stand on this beached peninsula, looking back onto the island's profile, you do see this hill uh, branching from the tree line. It's not too far inland, but it looks like a rough way to get there. The coastal line is met by a rough cliff face, a, a very steep rock wall that you would either have to climb or walk around in order to actually enter the jungle where the hill is nesting. But one step at a time, you have a peninsula to walk up. Um, Shifra, you remember something important that Kahanit told you. Kahanit told you that the star would be falling very quickly once you made it to the island, maybe two days, maybe even one, maybe even just a couple of hours, hard to say. With the night sky still barely overhead, the transition from night to dusk just beginning, Shifra, you have an opportunity to chart the night sky to see what time of the month it is, um, where on the calendar we are, maybe even use the moon to help you um, to see if any time has passed since you stepped through the portal or if it picks up right where you left off. Um, how would you sort of prep yourself to navigate the night sky? I would get out my star chart first. And I, being having my star chart sort of centered around Ireland and the UK area, I would first want to observe the celestial sphere and see 
where does it look like I am oriented now according to the stars? Of course. Um, why don't you go ahead and make an investigation check? Roll with advantage since you're using your stargazing um, tools here. We had 20. An excellent roll. It's sort of tough to say. You recognize some constellations um, that are linked to the sky above you, but there are some new ones as well. The moon seems to act uh, and, and, and in appearance is similar to the moon back on Earth. It's almost like you're in a version of Earth or like just beyond Earth's border, right, where some of that night sky would bleed over, but a new night sky begins. From what you can tell, the moon is currently in a new phase, having just finished a waxing crescent. Um, it's pretty much blacked out in the night sky, but you can see in the coming weeks, the waning crescent will begin. From what you can tell, normally, back on Earth standards, this would mean that you're in the early days of the month of where you are. And as you start your notes tracking the days, the months, the hours, you feel pretty confident in, in notating that it's day one, week one, month one, 4 a.m. Okay. As the sun is starting to breach the horizon. All right. From what you can tell, from what Kahanat was, was telling you uh, back in the rushed and commotion of Big Ben Tower, the star should be falling soon. And from what you reckon, maybe 12 to 14 hours from now, this coming evening, roughly, you know, 8 p.m., maybe a little later, the star is going to fall. And you Would I know what star it is? Like from my star chart, would I know its name? Unfortunately, you don't. Uh, Kahanit was not able to diluge that information to you, but... A star falling from the sky and landing on the same island you're on hopefully should be pretty obvious. Um, with that, you know, getting to the top of the hill is going to be your best chance at tracking the star's falling location. It's not, you know, necessary. If you guys don't make it there, it's fine. But it's your best chance at being successful in this venture to recover the star. Um, Shifra. Would you turn to the party and, and share any of this information as everyone's starting to brush sand off them, look at their surroundings? Yes, I would I would turn around and hold my my star chart out for anyone who's interested in looking and um I'd say so so based on the constellations that we know from from Earth and I, what I can see now, it looks like we're we're maybe just a little bit outside of Earth's borders or just beyond that. And I think that the star will be falling close to 8 p.m. tonight. So we should try and get up to the top of this hill so we can chart where it falls. Do you know what time it is now? About 4 a.m. All right, then we've got two hours before the weird shit starts happening. Okay. Oh, okay. The weird shit. Well, I, I don't know if it's everywhere on the island, but... Uh, at 6 a.m. and 6 p.m., there's a, a whistle chime noise and things get strange. I, 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 what do you mean strange? 
No, no, no. It, it, it doesn't matter, Strange. Uh, we, we have to get back. Uh, uh, what's your name? Uh, 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 Denny's uh, dude. Uh, what, Don, uh, d- you, wizard dude. You have to get us back. Mr. Conan's back there. The red dude is going to hurt him. We have to get back there. Get us back. Do the do the thing. Do the thing with the, the stuff. Well, first of all, Talith, my name is Dante. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. The names. Uh, can you can you do the the the, the thing? Um, as he's asking, making a request of me, um, I do realize it's dark out, so I'm gonna um, cast dancing lights. And what they look like are essentially uh, a fully glass bulb, so no like metal insertion point or silver insertion point. Uh, it's just a fully glass bulb and like two uh, interlinking like filament rings, and they're just glowing. And I have uh, several of them, so it's kind of just lighting up. Uh, some of this place because I can't see unless I have some light. Um, so, uh, I is is the portal still up? Because I feel like it probably would have shut. I imagine the no... portal is closed. And Dante, from what you remember, uh, what Kahana was telling you about the portal, um, is that it, it takes an immense amount of magical power to open a portal to travel to and from Neverland. Um, it's possible, um, Shifra, with the one pinch of pixie dust she has left, could fuel a portal. Dante, you would still need some sort of, you know, host or components or something to, like, create the portal. And that, unfortunately, you don't have on you. And as you look around this sandy peninsula, water shoring up on all three sides of you, there's no way to start this portal up. Tyler, um, listen... It took a lot of resources to get here, and um, it's going to take a lot to get back. And I don't have the the um, the instrument to channel us back. So I think we're going to be here for a while. But but he's alone. We have to help him. I think we left him in. Uh, an advantageous position to get away if he needed to. I, we, we, I, I don't know. We need. We just need to. We're already risking our necks for him being here. You, we you're might the, as well do the thing he asked us to do. You're the one who threw me in here. Why did you do that? Because that you weren't gonna come. Faceful. I know. Sand. You have to wipe it off your your eyes and brows. Kind of beating oh, sand out so... of my ear. You're the only person in this group that's been here before. I I know you're not certain about a lot of aspects of it, but when you say weird shit, hmm. like really dangerous, what what should we be expecting? Well, you know, I don't know. It it was more of a uh, stone mermaid coming to life and putting on a and very interesting production for me. Um, maybe not for me, but I was there. Uh, I don't know. It just it, strange stuff happens at six a.m. and and six p.m. So probably want to keep a weather eye out for that. Good to know. Um. So, center of the island. Who here feels confident navigating? Because unfortunately, unless it's a back alley or a weird dirt road in a small town, I'm really not used to this. Islands aren't my thing. And as you all sort of like look at the path of head, um, you see, um, you know, on the battle cam here, the peninsula that you're on. 
Um, it's a narrow peninsula dotted with shells and pristine sand. And luckily for this first part, Genevieve, where you feel, uh, you know, how are we going to navigate to the center of the island? Right now, your only way to go is sort of northeast. Um, everyone, real quick, make a perception check for me. I'm seeing smiles on some faces here. <laughs> okay, 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 yeah. okay, okay. How do we do? 15. Okay. 21. 12. Ooh. Natural 20. Dante. Ooh. Oh, dang. Well, he yeah. sees mm -hmm. everything. <laughs> yeah, Dante, you know, your, your instincts sort of uh, take the lead here. And even before the group starts making their way inland, you notice something in the pristine sand that's all around you. To your left, to your right, and behind you, on the same sides the water is on, you see something in the sand, speckled faces, like skulls, the outlines of a face, sunken eye sockets, and like sunken mouths. No, you know, you know, organs or teeth or anything like that, but just faces. And Dante, as you like take a step forward, these faces in the sand shift to look at you. And as you take a step back, they shift to look at you. Um, now everyone, um, please don't be surprised or taken aback, but um, it looks like we have some people looking at us and I'm gonna gesture mm -hmm. like my cane kind of down towards this the sand mm -hmm. um and say I don't think we should stay here for too long otherwise we might have some unwanted company and Dante as you put your cane into the sand the faces retreat back and disappear you definitely get the feeling that something or someone or, or, or these group of sand faces were observing you. And as soon as you kind of caught on to them, they disappeared. Well, that's unsettling. Shall we go? Were, were these here when you came last time? I No, I, I was on the other side or I was around the corner. I was not here. <laughs> And we're walking, and I, that's what I like literally say. And I'm just trying to make our way into something not sandy. If I see something that isn't so sandy, I would like to go that way. Absolutely. Um, this hex that you guys are in is uh, rather large, even for just being a sand-filled peninsula. And in order to get from your location, which is at the tip of the peninsula, to a neighboring hex, in total, will take about two hours walking. Um, you start to walk up the peninsula inland before you come across something that sort of pops up on the horizon. Um, you see creatures moving. These creatures are low to the ground. These creatures have many, many, many legs. And it looks like they're coming in and out of the sand. Does anyone want to approach to get a better look to maybe identify what creatures we're looking at? Uh, hold on, or let do me. We want to try to approach these creatures. What do you think? Let me let me go check. Uh, just hang back. Well, Helen, do you do you know? I know you were on the other side. Are these familiar at all? Um, 
I, I do know that I, I thought maybe the newts on the island were going to fight me, and then I didn't have to fight the newts. The new, the, oh, but oh. I did have to fight a tree. But not every tree. We're gonna have to unpack that later. I feel like so. I'm gonna I'm gonna go look at this, um, real quick. Uh, and I'm gonna I'm gonna mind link. I'm gonna psychic whispers, um, Ooh. to how many people can I do? I think I can do two. Yeah. Don't pick me. I don't want your psychic. Only one hour. So I'm gonna psychic link to Helen and Dante. Um, so for an hour for like a ridiculous distance, I think like a mile, we can, we can mentally chat with each other. It's the worst version of careless whisper. (laughs) (laughs) Now let's Um, go ahead and roll stealth on your approach to better observe these creatures. Now, mind you, you're on an open sand peninsula. Sun is starting to rise. So it's a little difficult to stay hidden. That's fair. I rolled a 13. You actually managed to get pretty close uh, before you think any closer would would get you noticed. These creatures are clearly hard at work. And it's clear to you now that you're dealing with some sort of spider. Um, These creatures, uh, and I'm sending this mentally back to you guys, uh, uh, I I can tell now that they're hard at work. And it's it's clear to me there's some kind of spider. How are you in here? I did did this earlier in the museum, like very recently. Oh, yeah, Was it to right, you? Right, I don't remember. Right. No, no, okay, go go ahead, go ahead. No, 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 I remember how to do this. <laughs> and uh, Talith, as you try to observe better what they're doing, you now see it's pretty clear. Uh, the group, you're still far away. I know the battle cam here is showing you a little closer, but Talith, you're on the, uh, on the closer side. This group of spiders are digging, but not just digging. They're working a construction site right there is a a planned large rectangular hole that they are actively and as a team bringing chunks of sand out uh, as if they're trying to tunnel underneath the sand you also see barrels and crates of supplies goods and other you know resources that you know uh, an adventurer like a humanoid would want um, on a construction site these spiders, they're not speaking to each other, but they are working as a team and in unison. You don't think you've been spotted by them, Talith? What would you like to do? Uh, and how many are there on the one, two, three? Is that four or five or six? On the, oh my uh, gosh, seven? On the top there of the surface, you see four. Um, but from what you can tell as you observe a little longer, there's an additional three inside the pit that they're digging, you know, actively working. So... Uh, so I'm going to relay that back. Hey, share this with uh, share this with everyone else. Um, they they're doing some sort of weird excavation thing, and uh, they're like four up on top and some more down below. I can't quite see, um, but there seems to be materials that an adventurer might use, and we're adventurers. So I'm wondering if we want to. Oh, and the lighting just changed. Things are much more clear yet more dramatic uh, at this moment. So just be aware of that. Um, do we? I think the only way to get back is to find the thing that Mr. Kahan had said we need to find. So I, I think there could be stuff here that we could use. Um, are spiders friends here? Are they, are they, are they nice? I don't know. But I thought you had been here before. Yes. Well, I didn't meet a spider. <sighs> well, I, 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 I don't know. My day do. ruined when I got my shadow stolen, honestly, kind of the only thing I could focus on from that point forward. Yeah, that's a whole. There's so many things that happened to you that I feel like we need to talk about, and we don't have time right now. Um, but I, I don't know what to do about these spiders, but I, I don't want them to see me. 
So Talith is um, preoccupied with a spider construction site. Um, is it he said there might be some useful things there for us. So at least that's what he's been communicating to um, us so far. Yeah, Dante, the way Talith describes it, it really literally these spiders are just short of like orange cones and hard hats from it being a full blown like construction excavation site. We're just missing some cat calling, probably some exactly some unwanted. Just about to say that. Okay, yeah. <laughs> that would be an OSHA violation, and these spiders have done their training. Good, good for these spiders. <laughs> uh, so, with that in mind, Talith, you know you're a good, uh, you know, I would say like thirty yards ahead of the group. Um, going ahead on your own, you would risk being spotted by these these worker spiders. Um, you know, or you could double back, wait for your group, whatever the group wants to do here. Yeah, I would slip uh, back to the group and make my way back um, and, and just kind of be like, hey, like, uh, what do we do? Do we need to do we need to kill? That seems kind of arbitrary to kill random spiders. Maybe they do maybe they're friendly. Supplies? Aren't we just walking up a hill? Well, how far we away is the hill? How long we're going to be here. Yeah. I know there's one plant that is safe to eat. That's as far as I got. Okay. Let's start, at least. You no, know, I, I think if they haven't been giving us any trouble, I don't think we should stop the trouble. Um, and yes, we might need some supplies, but I don't think we're just trying to get situated. So I don't think being aggressive off the bat would maybe do anyone um, any sort of service. I agree. Agreed. So we, uh, we we can we can talk to them. I can I can go see if they can help us and give us information. Um, that's a great idea, Dante. I'm, I, I agree with you 100. percent And uh, Talith just kind of turns and like scuttles his way back towards the spiders. Things I, might get interesting. Everybody. Oh, he's, he's got he's going to talk to the spiders. <laughs> that's exactly what Dante said. Word oh, word, I'm certain. That's a uh, bold. <laughs> Is everyone okay with, with Talith going on his own? Do we want to go as a group or let Talith be the envoy? Dante would just want to see how this unfolds. So he is, he yeah, is we, we waiting. We the psychic link. If he screams <laughs> You have to eat my popcorn to see what's going to happen. Awesome. Uh, so Talith, describe to me your approach. Uh, I'm, I'm probably absentmindedly being sneaky. I assume, I don't know, keeping myself the same uh, stealth score or whatever um, to the one, probably going up towards the one, I don't know how to describe this because I can't laser point a Zoom chat, um, the closest one to the left of my mini. Sure. Not the chair, the opposite side. So I'd probably like absentmindedly stealth up to it. And so I almost like pop up next to it um, and just kind of do a, uh, hi, we're, we're new here. Mr. Gahanet sent us. Uh, he said there's a falling star. Uh, we, we don't really know where things are, but we want to find out where the star is. Do you know, do stars fall here a lot? And he's legit just going to keep talking um, as he does uh, until until something stops him. Of course. Yeah, you approach this spider. And I mean, by all means, you know, this is a giant spider. Um, it clearly looks to you like it's meant for the sand. 
Um, it has, you know, like short hairs instead of long hair. So it can a little easier, like, you know, navigate through the sand. It has long legs, huge pincers that come out of its face so it can grab chunks of sand um, and, you know, an abdomen and a back end that, you know, match the spider's anatomy. Um, you pop up and start talking to it. It's many eyes wheel in your direction. Um, and as you start talking, it takes its front two legs and puts them onto your chest and like forces you back, like moving you away from the site. And as you're talking, you're like moving back a little bit, getting a little closer to the water's edge. You see him like stop, his eyes like look to the left and with one of his back legs, he like waves and a spider from inside the pit like comes up with a huge clump of sand and like a silk sack on his back and walks across where you were standing. Uh, make an insight check. Okay. Oh, natural 20, 21. A 21, excellent. It's clear that this spider was getting you out of the way of danger, you know, knowing that this, this trench spider was going to come up, you were in the path of egress, he moves you back. Um, he sort of puts his legs, you know, off of your chest and makes his attention known to you once more. It's just you're like clicking. I, I, oh, sorry. Thank you. Um, I'm so sorry. This is your space. I shouldn't have just uh, busted in. Uh, my bad. I'll hang back here. Um, do, do, can you can you understand me? Do you? Uh, hi. Uh, hello. Make another insight check. 18 plus 1, 19. The spider is looking at you keenly. Um, you almost see your reflection in his many eyes. You feel that he understands what you're saying, whether or not he is able to respond in the tongue you're speaking in, or he just is choosing not to. The spider does not respond. Uh, okay, cool. Yeah, we're in your workspace. I get that. That's not uh, very unexpected totally understandable um we want to go and find a star it's going to be falling soon we want to get up to the top of the mountain is is there a safe way is it, I, I yell back mountain it's right we're going up the top of the mountain oh wait mountain hill. are we going up the mountain hill hill, hill the hill <laughs> even easier we want to go up the hill um do, do we need to be worried about anything can we just go up there you can just like can you can you like bob if the answer is yes the spider uh, clicks once a few more times, you know, he turns around. You hear a, like a, a, a quick squeak as he shoots a little spit of web from his back end and it hits you in the chest. And he starts walking around the construction site, around the excavation site. Um, it's clear from your interaction with him that he webbed you a little bit just so you don't fall into the pit because that would be an OSHA violation, of course. No railings here, so... You need some sort of harness. I'm not going to do that. Uh, he walks you to the front of the pit, you know, closer to the, the center of the island. Um, still a, a healthy amount of peninsula to you actually get to like the island proper. Um, he clicks some more, sorry, it clicks some more. And it like points with a leg in one direction and points with a leg in the other direction, signifying that you could either go east or west around the island to get towards the hill's location. But there's not like a straight shot like up towards the hill. Uh from what he is in from what the spider is is indicating no, there doesn't seem to be a direct path. Okay. 
uh, send that back. Uh, hey, Dante Helen, um, Spider, super cool, very safety conscious, uh, really just impressed with their way. You know what? Cool. We could we can hang out here until Mr. Kahanek comes to get us because I don't know that we can get back by ourselves. Um, but they seem to be saying that if we want to get to the top of the hill, we basically have to go east or west, and they seem kind of evenly split on which one's better. Um, so I, I, I think we just pick, uh, is one, uh, uh, Mr. Spider-Man, is there one that is better than the other? I'm, I'm sorry, maybe not. Mr. Spider, you're just a spider. Is there one that's better than the other? Can, do you recommend one? I'm going to walk up to, to Talitha and the spider, um, c- carefully. Not sure, to violate yeah. their their zoning. Yeah, and um, as you walk, you know, with caution and awareness, they don't bother you or, or get in your way. Good morning, Fred uh, Um, this uh this east west conundrum. Uh, we would really like to avoid the big shadow monster. Is either of these ways like safer for that? <laughs> Helen, make a survival check real quick. Uh, 11. 11. Um, the spider um, um, understands what you're saying and it starts clicking some more. Um, you know, this time with its clicks, when it points uh, east, it's sort of talking and clicking really slow and a little drawn out and when it's it's it starts to motion the opposite way it's clicking and moving really fast um make an insight check on top of your survival um nine um from what you can interpret from the spider's clicks um, the east path takes you around more beachfront of the island before eventually, like, clicking back to where the jungle, um, um, like, you know, meets the swampy area where you've been before. You remember that sort of, like, like gradient mm-hmm. from swamp to jungle, but there was a breach to beach? Um, wow, that was a little, a little rhymy. Um, and the opposite way to the west gets you to the jungle quicker, but also makes you walk and trudge through the jungle for a longer period of time. And basically, Helen, what you can discern is you can go either way, either up the beach or through the jungle. Um, The beach path is a little easier by foot. It moves a little faster, maybe taking like, again, like two hours per hex, but it's a longer path to get to the hill. Whereas the jungle path is a little more direct, but a harder path to travel through on foot, maybe taking three to four hours per hex. Um, You know, both roughly will take the same amount of time, but it just kind of comes down to where you want to travel. Um, Helen, you would also know from your survival check that going up the beachhead, the east path, is where you met Kahanit on the beach. And Kahanit had that camp where they were stargazing when you first met them um, and left that camp behind when Kahanit quickly had to summon a portal to get you out of there. It's possible there might be some more supplies at the camp that Kahanit left behind. Yes. Uh, thank you, thank you. V- very enlightening. The with the with the clicking and the, and the 
yeah, and the snapping. Uh, yeah, no, got it. Wonderful. Um, so we have we have two options. Where where is everybody actually? <laughs> Are they here? Um, Shifra, Genevieve, and Dante. If unless you'd like to stay behind, I would imagine you probably came up at this point. I, I, mess, I message Dante. He's not. Or, Shifra, are you here. okay with approaching the yeah, group yeah. as well? Great. So everyone is now together um, on the opposite side of the construction site with your new spider friend. Spider friend. <laughs> um, all right. So we we have the west is a straight shot, but it's through the jungle. And my oh my, did I start having problems when I got into the jungle? Um, and then to the east, it's it's a lot of beach. Um, but Kahanit did have a camp there previously, so we might be able to get supplies there if it's still there. Um, but whatever anybody wants. I think the beach is a wonderful idea. We'll continue into possibly Kahanit's uh, camp. Uh, we don't know too much about the jungle other than you said that it can get quite... Um, uh, stay what. close to the trees. That's my advice. I thought you fought the trees. In case the floor disappears. <laughs> I, I thought I thought you said you had to fight the trees. Well, no, no, I did. Well, yes, but not every tree. That seems confusing and difficult, but I, I feel like that probably describes the tree will fight where we you. are. You'll know. <laughs> <laughs> You'll know which tree. And and the trees eat your shadow. No. The shadow ate my shadow. I think we should go to the beach. Okay. Yeah, but maybe watch out for the faces. Oh, the faces. Oh, also that. And and mermaids, although I don't I don't know what their deal is. Uh a, a spy a spider a spider friend. Um mermaids. Click or click. <laughs> As soon as you say mermaid, the spider stomps its like front foot into the sand in a defiant tone. All right. Well. Noted. <laughs> Duly noted indeed. <laughs> we should probably let these spiders get back to what they're doing. Um, and get going on where we think we need to go. Uh, Very good. Unless Mr. Wants Mr. Spider, to... thank you um, for your help and your protection. I don't think I need this anymore. And my hand kind of sticks on the web, and I'm like, "This is fine. Um, that, no, it's good. I'll keep it. That's good. Uh, thank <laughs> you for keeping us safe. And best of luck. Uh, we're we're gonna we're gonna go this way. Uh, no mermaids. Mermaids bad. I got you. And the spider clicks a few more times, loosens the webbing that's on your chest, and goes back to the excavation yard. Um, it sounds like the group is ready to keep moving up the peninsula. Yeah. Yep. Very good. Um, the time it takes to clear the spider's excavation, have your interactions with them, and keep moving up the island takes an hour. So you make your way through half of this first Hex it now being 5 a.m. Um, as you're approaching the near island proper, where you would have to make your decision to either move east or west to the next hex, you all see something again in front of you, but this time the tone is a lot different. You see a creature. This creature is not another spider, but it's Aww. some sort of 
construct, a creature made of sand itself. It, it has no legs, but it has a head and arms that are all made of sand. In fact, Dante, as you get a better look of this creature, it actually looks like the creature that you saw looking at you from the sand at the head of the peninsula. This sand golem with its arms raised is rather large, six feet tall. Um, you know, maybe not as, as large compared to Helen's, uh, but maybe the rest of you on the big side. And it's with its massive sand fists is pounding into the water, like right on the shoreline, like it's attacking something in the water. Um, that looks a lot like the thing I spotted earlier, except it has more of a body this time. Um, I wonder if it's doing some sort of construction work like those spiders were. I don't know if I want to talk to that. Dante, from what you can tell, the sand golem seems aggressive. Like it is trying to harm something that's in the water. I would like not to be... Uh, it's focused, so I think we should probably move around it. Well, but I, yes, I agree. Maybe it's maybe it's just taking care of the mermaids. Maybe it needs help. Mister Spider said that uh, that there were that the mermaids were bad, and so maybe it needs help against a mermaid. Oh no, he's he's got a pretty solid right hook. <laughs> if it's a mermaid, I would venture to say that mermaid is losing at the moment. The sand golem being just one creature, you the party thinks that with enough distance and pretty lax stealth checks, you could avoid the golem without attracting its attention. What do we think? Should we? Should we All right. That's what I would like to do. We can sneak. I'm very curious to see what would happen if I hit it with the hammer, though. I'm not going to lie to you guys. <laughs> Genevieve, do you have any thoughts on the situation? Um, she has no interest in going anywhere near the sand golem sure. at all. <laughs> and Shifra, what does she think? I would like to skirt this and just keep on going around it. Skirt, skirt. Uh, everyone makes stealth checks. Let's see if we can avoid drawing the attention of the sand golem. It, it's like we're trying to get the achievement where you play the video game without ever actually doing combat. <laughs> Let's make it through hard mode, never fighting anything. Don't worry, you've... You've got a whole freaking jungle ahead of you. <laughs> whole island, beach, you're fine. Yay. I'm five stealthy. So I'm skirting. How'd everyone else do? 19. 19. Also 19. 11. Nice. No problem. Yeah, like I said, there's plenty of width on this portion of the beach as it gets wider, right, as it splits, that all of you can skirt around the golem with, with no issue. Um, as you pass it, you get a safe distance away. You look back at the golem, and it has finished killing what it was killing. You see it reach its sandy hand as it kind of clumps up into clay from being in the water for so long, and it brings a fish out of the water, a large fish, maybe like a, a four-foot-long fish. It's a magnificent creature, frankly. Um, it, it almost looks like a large catfish it has beautiful like white sorry i'm trying to white golden scales uh a little you know a flat smiling face with these glittering whiskers coming off of it um it simply throws it over its shoulder 
and skirts along the sand. And when it gets to like the center of the peninsula, falls into the sand, envelops its body into the sand and drags the fish with it underneath the sand. But the group presses on. That was impressive noodling. Uh, (laughs) Haven't seen anything like that before. Never seen anyone fish like that, that's for sure. (laughs) And as we get to the edge of the official peninsula here, um, you're right about at the end of another hour. We now sort of have our official choice to make between the two paths that have been um, um, described to you. You could either head east along the beachhead proper, wrapping around the island, taking the longer but kind of easier path, or head your way kind of northwest, more directly into the jungle um, on a shorter but more difficult path. Um, As you look ahead towards the beach path, you see that that rigid cliff edge, that the the cliff face um, starts to narrow the beach out a bit. And there are multiple cave openings inside the cliff face. The beach is a little more narrow, a little more cluttered. Uh, that what that clutter is, you don't know because you're still, you know, a fair distance out. Um, but that's just sort of kind of what you see in your vision. As you look towards the northwest, the jungle actually kind of spills over onto the beach, sort of making a dividing line between the two hexes, separating your vision from what might be beyond. That being said, we now have a decision to make of which way we want to go, the jungle path or the beach path. Where did you say Mr. Kahanit's uh, camp was? He, he might have. He might even have a way back. That might be the easiest thing. Uh, I, I believe the beach path. Uh, or at least his, his camp was on the beach. So Awesome. And, and Talith just starts like walking that direction. Yep. I will follow you. Uh, I haven't been this way before, though, so can't guarantee it's not dangerous. (laughs) I have a feeling any path we take is going to be dangerous. Probably right. I mean, everything seems dangerous so far. We saw a spider construction site, a noodling sand golem, um, and some faces. So I think um, the better we go someplace familiar, the better we might be. This way, at least we can keep our eyes on the sky. I have not considered that yet. (laughs) Don't worry, Dante. You will. And Talith is so excited to be heading towards this camp, he is not actively trying to be stealthy. And as we make our way into the next area, Hex 2 becomes visible. It is now 6 a.m., It took you a total of two hours to pass through hex number one as you enter hex number two. Um, The jungle hangs over the rocky wall that that is decorated with caves um, that makes the sort of beach littered with debris, not only from the jungle, but from the tide. You see overturned boats, um, unlit bonfires, um, random broken gear, supplies, crates, driftwood, seaweed, all littering the coast of this hex. Um, And as 
the clock clicks to 6 a.m. Helen, you're on full alert, waiting for that weird chime to, to ring through your ears. And that's exactly what happens, Helen. Oh, All boy. of you, like wind moving chimes on your grandmother's porch, you hear bells ringing, uh, wind chimes whistling off the coastal air that enters and, and flutters the trees of the jungle beyond. This chiming is like surround sound. You don't know where it's coming from, where it's sourced, but it seems to be getting louder and louder with every second that ticks on the minute. And as you look around, ready, ready for something to happen, uh, ready for a creature to jump out at you, you see crabs, like small, Red-shelled crabs, much like you see uh, on our battle cam here, sprout from underneath the sand by the hundreds. These crabs kind of scurry around till they like kind of section off in groups where they grab each other's claws like they're holding hands and maybe groups of 20 form a circle and start swaying simply left to right as the chimes continue to ring in your ears. I you... guess this is their call to rehearsal or something, because last time they put on a show, too. I don't like Beautiful. that. Beautiful. I feel like we all had very different reactions to this. Uh, Shifra, you're, you're very kind. Um, weird shit. <laughs> mm -hmm. There's two wizards saying that there's some weird stuff in that... Uh... <laughs> Uh, I don't know what to think about it. They got good Shifra. rhythm, though. Shifra, make natural one. Natural one. As you try to, you know, you know, being a druid, circle of the stars, uh, better in tune with the land, maybe than anyone else, and and frankly, feeling an odd sort of familiarity with this this chiming. You try to interpret what it might be, but unfortunately, you just can't figure it out. Maybe more time spent in Neverland will help you discern this strange chiming, but you can't right now. Okay. But seven total. I don't know if that helps me at all. It does not. My okay. apologies. Um, the chiming is still going. The crabs still swaying as if they're dancing to unheard music. Um the group can either continue up the beach to, you know, move between the crabs, wait and see what happens. What do we think? You said they put on a performance last time too. Uh, yeah, there, there were um, mermaids that were stone and then they came to life and then they started doing stunts, which felt very personally targeted and I did not appreciate it. But they also didn't really do anything. I just sort of walked away, so... Maybe I mean, if we leave everything here alone, it won't bother Maybe us? Maybe it was like a welcoming thing for you. Maybe they knew who you were. And so they were just trying to welcome you. Yeah, maybe. And I'm just going to crab walk <laughs> the crabs. <laughs> Blend in. How's everyone else feeling? I'm, I'm, I'll, like, I'll dance by. <laughs> I'll take that cue. Uh, I'll also I'll bust out the crab hands. We're gonna crab dance. I guess since most of the group has gone forward, I will be behind them because I don't want to see what happens if I go first. 
Are you dancing too, Dante? Or absolutely not. Coolly strutting. I wish there was a cool strut check for fifth edition. <laughs> I mean, Dante's always cool strutting. That's but, true. Yeah, it's I automatic don't. success. Passive uh, performance, right? I, it's Very a feat. I, you allowed one feat, so I, I got the the, the <laughs> always strutting. <laughs> Perfect. Um, yeah, and with no resistance from these swaying crabs, you all are careful not to step on any of them uh, as you make your way up the beach here. Um, eventually, as minutes pass, the chiming dimes dies down and the crabs with it they recede back under the sand make their way back into the ocean and you all feel a sense of normalcy um whatever that means for for each of you um as you continue your journey up this this beachhead you all notice that the tide here is rather strong large waves from the ocean waters are crashing pretty far up the beach, a little too far for comfort, making you all sort of have to like navigate and time your movements around these waves. I'm gonna need everybody to make an acrobatics check against high tide. 16. 16, okay. 15. 13. Uh, I was annotating. Um, give me one second. No problem. Genevieve, I'm sorry. What did you roll? 14. 14, okay. 10. Helen, I need you to make a strength check. All right. <laughs> it's a natural 20. <laughs> <laughs> she throws the whole island. Um. So as the as a large wave comes in Dante it gets you unsuspectingly and actually scoops you up crashing into you you lose your footing on the sand and begin begin to be dragged into the water Helen, I imagine you would react very quickly to yes. this. Yeah, I'm coming. Don't you worry. You Helen, try. Helen, please. <laughs> you go up there. The high tide uh, and go to grab Dante. But Helen, as Dante is about to be swept into the water, you see something swimming underneath the water. A sort of um, um, oval shadow underneath the water surface is getting closer to Dante as he's being dragged into the water. Helen, you'll need to make another strength check with advantage since you rolled a nat 20 in order to grab Dante from being attacked by this creature. Just so you know, if you let me fight a shark in this session, I will be forever indebted to you. But anyway. Uh, DM quickly changes it to a shark. <laughs> uh, 15. 15. I'm going to roll an opposition for the monster as he also wants some no. Dante here. But Emily, what are the stats for a shark? <laughs> are you talking about a giant shark or a hunter shark? <laughs> That's up to you. You're going to have to nail down the detail on this. I'm going to fucking nail this shark. <laughs> Helen, you manage to grab Dante by the collar before a narrow, thin-tipped razor blade comes out of the water from the tail of this creature. It narrowly misses piercing Dante as you hold him up by his collar like a small puppy. Somehow, Dante, you can't go a single session without getting your pants wet. 
Yep. They were about to dry off. I was about to say they were they were so close. <laughs> <laughs> nice try. Um, and Helen, as you get a better look at this creature, you see that it's actually some sort of manta ray. Um, a crude smile on its face with a very sharp pointed razor tipped tail. Almost got the better of Dante, but you saved him. As the tide recedes, is there anything you want to say to him as you hold him in your hand? Oh, Dante or the Ray? <laughs> you tell me. All right. Well, your pants are wet again. I hate this place. I, I really <laughs> do. <laughs> All right. And Hello. Helen, you, you see the high tide coming back and you quickly run up the beach to the party, uh, putting Dante back on his feet does anyone have a comment on what just happened? Yeah, I would want to look and see that am I, does this make me think that we're like closer to the moon than we would be if we were on Earth? The tide um, is stronger here. With the tide, um, why don't you go to make a nature check, Shifra? Okay, okay. That is going to be a 23. Excellent roll, and you are precise in your prediction. Um, even with the moon being in its new phase, you know, you can't quite see like the full size of it. You can definitely discern that, yeah, the tide is strong here because of your position to the moon. Okay. Would you comment on that to the party at all or sort of? Um, would I would I have any sort of cool math equation that would let me quickly like <laughs> uh, estimate how much closer? Yeah, um, I would so say too spot on right now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hang on, let me just pull up my analytics here. Oh yeah, I'm literally I I could calculate it for you, but I don't. <laughs> <laughs> I literally can. <laughs> Michael, I'll message you uh, post session here so we can get an accurate number. Sure, sure, um, sure. But I would say that um, you know the moon is thirty percent closer to this island than than you would be mm -hmm. if you were standing back home in Ireland. Um, whether it's the same moon as Earth or a different one, it's certainly having the same effects on Neverland, as you can tell so far. Mm -hmm. And I can't see enough of it to tell if it's the same moon or a different moon. Correct. Being at now like 630 in the morning, the sun is is breaching the, the nightlight, breaching the dawn. Um, so the night sky is pretty much out of, of your vision now. Um, but don't worry, we'll hit nighttime again. Um, great. With the smiling ray narrowly avoided, um, we kind of have an option here. You can continue moving up the beachhead in the same motion, the same direction, the same path that we were planning, but you also have a small network of caves in the cliffside behind you. You all can see maybe three cave openings in your proximity that might be worth exploring. It's up to you to decide. There also might be shelter here for a rest, maybe even a shortcut into the jungle and closer to the hill. It's hard to say. Are there any signs of uh, of Kahanit's camp? Kahanit's camp is two hexes directly east up the beach. So, uh, Helen, you said his, his camp is still it's a ways away, right? It's it's up there. It's <sighs> it's up that damn beach. 
I mean, I kind of feel like that that's going to have the best stuff, you know, to help us get to wherever we're going. And we're going that way anyway. But uh, I mean, we don't really know any other place. And so to at least get established to to kind of get our bearings, I think it's still the wise decision to head towards it, even though it seems like this there's a lot to this place. Yes, I'd love to go in a cave, but like Kahanit said, we're, we're out of time. We're, we're on a clock here. We got to go if we're going to get this star. Let, let's go then. Let's go. We can just why it's it's cool. Everything here is either our friend or we can walk around it. Um, this is the safest I have felt in years. Also, interesting. I have many questions for you later in a more stable scenario then. I now understand why Kahanan said learn presentation, but I said, you know, he was being foolish and <laughs> we're in better times and I understand now. I thought all the comments and jokes you would make about the fact that I didn't know that was just, you know, him being him, but apparently I'm glad I'm not alone. Yeah, well, <laughs> I'll figure it out some point. <laughs> <laughs> um, so are, are you guys set? Should we just continue going? Yeah, sure, let's, let's like go. That. Let's power walk it up this beach. Fantastic. Um, as you now turn the turn the clock over to 7 a.m., you're halfway through hex number two. Um, something to keep in mind, right? You guys are, are actively moving through these hexes with the purpose of moving through these hexes. You certainly have the option to hang out in these areas longer and explore and look for things. Um, of course, you know you're on a bit of a time clock to get to that hill before the, the star falls, but just, you know, be aware that the hexes are yours to use as you will. Um, question, um, DM, Talith does have a pocket watch uh, that he's been carrying and he's been glancing at it. Does it function in Neverland like it did back on Earth or even in uh, Eberron? Absolutely. Yeah. As you pull it out, it's functioning quite well. And, and frankly, um, I feel like it's safe to assume you probably uh, tuned it to, to London's time since that's where you were and like, right. were heading last. Um, you're probably just two hours off from London's time. It being 7 a.m. now, you know, it's probably closer to 5 a.m. showing on your pocket watch. It's almost as if you only jumped like two hours ahead. Jet lag, man. It's a bitch. <laughs> So he's probably actively kind of trying to tweak in time and just kind of see, um, you know, to get a sense of, of how time is shifting in this place versus where we came from. Right. Very good. Uh, it sounds like we're ready to keep moving up the beach. And as you do, give me a quick marching order. Who's up front? Who's in back? I think I typically go in front. Typically yeah, as in one episode. Frontish, since I know where we're going. Genevieve I'm also in a hurry, so. Very good. Um, so it's not like Talith and, and, and Helen are, are leading the expedition here. Um, Helen, you're sort of large and in charge. Your footprints uh, having a little more weight on the sand. Uh, as you near the end of hex number two here, continuing on your journey, you know, more cave openings, they start to get a little more frequent, these cave openings in, in a variety of sizes, some that Helen, you could walk through quite easily, some that you might even have to like get down on all fours and crawl through. You get a little sidetracked looking at these caves opening and with one decisive step of your foot, the sand underneath you erupts. 
And from it, like flicking the switch in a kitchen, these large cockroach-like creatures spew up from the sand. Um, they're rather big, actually, like three feet long, a foot and a half wide. They have these hard carapace shells, antenna, and several legs like centipedes underneath them. They scurry around you. Um, what do you do? Um, probably get get back from them. We, 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 we walk around. Just, just walk around. Everything's here fine. Just walk around it. Ah. <laughs> Well, this isn't fair. You know you can't kill a cockroach. I, I know, so just uh, we, we just walk, pretend it's not there, and keep walking. Uh, nothing here is dangerous. Ah, fine, fine. <laughs> As these creatures scurry around you, Helen, they quickly dart towards one of the cave entrances. And uh, as they do you see them actually glow a bit inside the cave, sort of illuminating it. Can I see any features of the cave? Um, it looks like a, a normal forming cave, probably from erosion and time. Um, it's, it's barely lit, but that's a good point. Everyone make a perception check for me. Six. Fifteen. Twenty-two. Seven. <laughs> Five. I really hate cockroaches. <laughs> Looks like a trilobite. I, I heard a, a twenty-two. Mm -hmm. Is that correct? Yes, sir. Excellent, Talith. Yeah. Um, you can see inside briefly as these creatures illuminate the cave. There's some sort of like hieroglyphic cave writing on the wall of like the front foyer like room of the cave um it quickly dims out of sight as these creatures scurry deeper into the cave but you get a glimpse of it i i, I told you guys like everything here is super chill um they lit up in there it looks like there's a message a message uh i'm gonna go just like real quick i'm gonna go look at it like i will be Hell, i'll be before you go right. that don't be too careless. That isn't logically sound. As we know, our friend Helen over here does not have a shadow. So this entire place cannot be completely safe. I hear where you're coming from. That was Just in the jungle. The spiders were nice. The Doesn't spiders were the nice when we walked around and everything nice. else. Look, look, you, uh, I think you guys are a little jaded by the world. Look, I've, I've been around a little bit. I, I know the world. Oh, please, um, continue on. Thank uh, you. Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm sure. going to go. I'm going to go look. I'm going to go do that. And uh, I'll let you. Well, I can't. We can't anymore. Um, but later we can. It's complicated. I'm going to go look. Uh, and I'll be right back. So I kind of like run off very carefree after the uh, the cockroaches. Sure. Um, you're all staying behind, or does anyone want to go with Talith? No, I just look at Dante and I shake my head. <laughs> I do the same. Well, I want to follow because I was I was kind of interested in what the hieroglyphics said. Sure. And Genevieve, see what language they are. Um, Genevieve is also going to stay back, although her expression when she sees she first start running off gets a little concerned. But she keep an eye. Excellent. Um, Talith and Shifra, you make your way into this coastal cave. Um, it's rather pleasant, actually. It's a little temperate, a little humid. There are some 
you know, floral growing, um, a bit of seaweed caught up in like the rocky floor. And as you turn your attention to the small alcove of the interior of the cave, you can see pretty clearly these hieroglyphics, especially with the natural morning light that's that's entering from the cave entrance. It is a picture, a group of humanoids sort of standing in a circular clump. Above them, you see what looks like the island that you saw from the distance on the peninsula. Uh, this island has the same features as Neverland, a jungle, a large mountain with a singular pillar mountain that penetrates the sky, the clouds. Above the island and above these people, you see drawn on the cave wall a magnificent bird. This bird is maybe three times the size of the island, wings like plate mail layered over its body. A long pelican-like beak almost runs the length of the bird's body, and its wingspan is open across the island, almost like it's hugging it with the people below. Shifra, you actually notice something more than what Talith can see. You see a hidden message, Shifra, written in the bird's feathers carved on the wall. And the only reason why you can interpret this message is because it's in Druidic, the, mm -hmm. the hidden language of Druids. And it simply says protection in the bird's wings. Okay. And that's what you all see. Well, Talith and, and Shifra. And, and they, do they look like like stick figures? Are they like well illustrated? They're a little more like stick figures. Um, some features and proportions um, make it look like they're human or subhuman. Um, you know, they're they're bipedal arms, face, uh, but like no details on the face. Um, and comparatively to the bird, they're they're on the smaller side. Now, to the right of these hieroglyphics, the alcove, there is a tunnel that goes deeper into this cave network. Um, but past this, this cave writing, past the tunnel entrance, there's nothing left of value inside this cave. I was, I was kind of hoping there I'll would point. be. Oh, oh yeah, what? I'll, I'll just point to the um, to the hieroglyphic drawing. I'll say, "You're right. Everything here is friendly. This bird is helpful. Let's go back to the group so we can keep going for the star." Yeah, like every, I, I know it's super cool. There's art, like it's a really, it's a chill place. Yeah, let's go. And we oh, traipse back. back. Very good. Yeah, uh, Genevieve, Helen, Dante, you see your companions exit the immersion of the cave and link back up with you all. Um, what would you all like to say? But there's a, there's a giant bird. Yeah, there's a giant bird that protects the island. So Talith was kind of right. I mean, some stuff here is super friendly. Is Everything There's a bird in there? No, if there was a picture of a giant bird. There's a picture of a bird that's like three times the size of the whole island that can like hug it. And, it, and it's a protector. Okay. Hmm. I would like to remind everybody that the trees attacked me. Also, uh, I don't know if people saw, maybe because Helen is so capable and fast, I did almost get pissed by something in the water. That's true. But it was smiling, right? Okay. You, <laughs> smiling doesn't matter. 
<laughs> it made it worse. No, no, I'm just, I'm just saying there's a, there's a giant protector bird. So that should offer some comfort, maybe. Um, not all things that look like protectors are always protectors. Someone thought it was a protector. They labeled it as a protector. Well, let's hope it protects us too. Yeah. Very good. With that information noted, uh, the group makes their way further across hex number two, the beach caves. Um, as you approach the next area, hex number three, the clock turns to 8 a.m. And I think before we move forward, this will be an excellent moment to take a quick break so we can all refresh and get back to it. How's that sound? I'm just excited That's to make great. more animal friends. <laughs> yeah. Something something bad's gonna happen with that. It's just it's only a matter of time. <laughs> We're literally on somebody's animal crossing island right I'm now. I'm here for it though. Oh my god. Um Andrew, <laughs> I think we're gonna be doing our giveaway at the break too. Do we know the details on that? Yes, yes. So uh everybody in chat, keep an eye out our fantastic sponsor, Black Oak Workshop. Like Joe said at the top, uh have given us some dice in a dice bag, show them off there. Or drop them. That's fine. You know, it's whatever. Um, they're very durable dice. Uh, some awesome of their uh, dragon dice and their D20 dice back. We're going to be giving those away. Uh, mods will drop the code in chat. Look at that. Wow. I don't even know how they do this. So type hashtag goldfish. I don't know what that means. The goldfish was killed by the sand golem. So. Oh, okay. We'll see. So yeah, so catfish. there you go. Uh, drop hashtag goldfish in chat to enter to win. Uh, we're going to take a quick break and we will be back soon to continue partying with the animals. So Ooh. see y'all soon. Welcome back, everybody. Thank you for that quick break. We are excited to dive back into the world of Neverland where nothing is dangerous and nothing hurts you ever. Everything is your friend. You don't have to be afraid of anything. Uh, congratulations in chat to the Red Klee for the one away or for the giveaway. You are the winner of the Black Oak Workshop dice and dice bag. Uh, Joe will make sure to get those your way very soon. Um, and thank you to Black Oak for being the official dice sponsor for the show and providing cool stuff to give away and cool stuff for us to roll. Uh, we're super appreciative of them. And uh, and yeah, that's it. We're gonna we're gonna jump back in. So uh, Joe, bring us into the world now. We depart from hex number two, the coastal caves, where we saw crabs dancing to wind-chimed music, where Dante almost got swept away and attacked by a smiling manta ray, and where we witnessed uh, old cave writings of an ancient giant bird protecting the island. Our tone shifts as we enter the third hex of Neverland. The group is almost starstruck by what they see in this hex, this small lagoon. There is an impressive amphitheater of rocks and waterfalls that fill the majority of this area. The cove's rock has been sculpted over the years to serve as a great amphitheater that surrounds a deep pool of rainbow water. 
so the amphitheater is is like eroded engraved into the cliff face wall that the waterfall is falling over and then you see this small lagoon of like perching rocks in this rainbow reflected water um it's almost like a stage a, a theater or a gathering area for maybe the creatures of neverland um it's 8 a.m the sun now starting to rise over the tall mountains at the head of the island. Uh, it's very easy now to see the surrounding area around you, the waterfall, the amphitheater, the cliff face, the ocean, the tide, everything. Of course, we know we want to keep moving east up the beach. Kahanit's camp is just in the next hex beyond we might find a chance to rest and resupply there the group is a good 100 maybe 150 yards away from this amphitheater um yeah talith what do you got i, I like to imagine both andrew and talith have their hand raised right now um yo i, I know at metagame we're talking about hexes as we move across the map for us as we're playing is there kind of a noticeable shift as we move between each section of the island or is it, is it natural kind of topography or do we kind of feel like, oh, we're in a new space? Does that make sense? Absolutely. And and I would say it feels like you're in a new space. Each one of these areas that you've adventured through so far have some sort of defining feature, whether it be natural, unnatural, environmental or not. So far, it's pretty much been all environmental um, but there's something that's predominant about each area, at least that you've encountered. It's very clear to the player characters where one area stops and one area begins. Now, like, you know, the beach and the water, that's all fluid. But like, you know, the coastal caves stop and the amphitheater starts um, as if it was meant to be that way. Have, have, have you all noticed that like things seem very like sectioned here? Does that make sense? Like. Like every everywhere we move kind of has like a, a place, a center, a, a, a thing. What? Yeah, it's interesting here. No, 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 no. no. I, mean, I mean, yeah, it's interesting. But I mean, like, like there's like stuff going on. There's I think there's a bigger there's a thing. There's a thing happening. Do you see the thing? Uh, I believe you're speaking about uh, it feels a little bit more structured than uh, like a natural flow to the place. Yeah, yeah, you know that, that that's exactly it. Like like London, right? Like London just kind of flowed and everything. You would go from one neighborhood to the other and it would shift and you might not notice it, but here I feel like every time we move something is different, something is a uh, tangible, right? Mhm. Yeah, one uh -huh. part was like sand faces, another part was like crab city <laughs> and so on and so forth. So yeah. I'm just, I'm just pointing out, you know, I'm just, I'm, I'm looking and seeing and uh, sharing. That's what I yeah, do. No, it, it certainly hasn't been uh, an easy stroll along the beach. Some parts more than others, uh, being a little more daring. Um, you're approaching this amphitheater in this perched lagoon. Um, and you feel like you're almost attending a concert of sorts. Um, maybe the first even to arrive. You don't see any creatures standing in the amphitheater, no creatures perked on these stones in the rainbow-watered lagoon. You sort of almost have this area to yourselves. Um, is there anything anyone would do on the approach? How wide across is the lagoon? 
The lagoon is quite large, actually. Um, I would say uh, from where it breaks into the ocean to where the waterfall meets it, um, a good 200 feet. Oh, from waterfall to ocean. But how wide is it across? Also 200 feet? Totally. My bad. Uh, Across, I would say probably closer to like 250. A little longer than it is taller, per se. All right, well, can't jump across that. <laughs> well, you haven't tried. I know my is limits. The, is the water literally rainbow water? In the lagoon portion, yes. It looks okay. like it's being refracted with colors, um, as, as if something was glistening or like, you know, a, a fancy streamer LED light was at the bottom of the water, just like, you know, rotating colors. Okay. I would want to go check that out. Sure. Uh, anyone want to join Shifra as she approaches the lagoon's waters or do anything else? Can we actually... follow? Go ahead, Genevieve. Oh, I'm saying Genevieve will follow her. Okay. Helen? Um, I'm going to go and I'm going to try to peer behind the waterfall. Okay. Talith probably hangs. I, I, yeah, I probably hang near Shifra um, just because she has also seemed like equally curious, especially when, when we went to the cave. I'm not looking for anything. I'm just kind of like absentmindedly following her. Sure. I will uh, transfix my eyes on the top of the waterfall just in case something decides to, because things have been coming from everywhere. So that's where Dante is going to look in case something decides to drop down. And Shifra certainly mentioned, you know, the sky prior, which got Dante thinking. Um, Dante, as you're looking up to the top of the waterfall, you definitely notice that it's being sourced from a fast-moving, wide-mouthed river that cuts through the center of the island. Um, it's a roaring waterfall, and as you you know, think, you know, this place is an amphitheater, it's a stage, it must be difficult to perform or sing or what have you over the sound of the waterfall as it pretty much encompasses the area that you're standing. Um, Dante, make a quick arcane check for me. Arcana, arcane, arcana, arcana. We'll go with arcana. Ah, natural 20. Natural 20. Boom. Um, Dante, you tell everyone to stop. As your like spider sense tingles, there is a, a powerful arcane energy coming, not from the amphitheater, not from the waterfall, but from the very sand that you are standing on. And as you look down, you see a purple glow piercing from underneath all of you in a hum, hum, that's getting a bit louder. Now, hold on now. Everybody look down and don't move. Um, What? My pants are dry. I don't, what are we looking for? Thank you, but there's, uh, do you not see the, the purple glowing underneath our, our shoes? I just rolled an, uh, a natural two, so no, no, I don't. Genevieve, well, I would say that your attunement would, would, would also pick up this arcane energy as Dante points it out. Um, why don't you make an arcana check as well? Let's see if you can identify this source of magic. Ooh, let's see here. Not bad, 18? 18, Genevieve, you get panicked, actually. You realize that all of you are standing on top of a glyph, some sort of magical ward that is harmful. And it's humming louder and louder. 
We need to get out of here as fast as possible. And if she's near Shifra or Talus, she's going to try to grab both of them and start pulling them. Sure. Yeah, they uh, uh, aren't too far as they started to split and you go to grab them. Um, and as soon as you do, Talith, maybe you're a little farther out of Genevieve's reach. Before you can like step to turn around, you hit something, a force field, bonk, blocking you from leaving the area of the glyph. A purple force field now encompasses all of you. You each have an action to try to stop what's about to happen oh, or cool, get away. Cool, um, cool, is cool. it is it just like the sand? Actually, hold on. No, let me ask. Dante, Dante, is it just the sand? Can I climb? Can I climb the cliff? Um, would I have an idea that fast? Yeah. So you all are standing in the sand. Probably um, you're pretty close together. The ward is glowing in a twenty foot, maybe thirty foot radius underneath you, and that force field is stopping you from leaving that 30-foot radius. So the cliff, Helen, is too far away to, to get to. Oh, so I had not made my way there yet. Correct. Like, as you gotcha. all were splitting, okay. the glyph started glowing. Um, Never mind then. As we were splitting? Correct. Okay. Um, that's interesting. Um, I'm going to add... Well, Genevieve had... You, you. Who did you grab? You said you grabbed... Two, two folks? I went for Shifra and for Talith, but correct me if I'm wrong, GM. I think I got Shifra, but Talith is out of my reach. Talith is a bit out of your reach, and he got a face full of force field. As I'm going to move towards Genevieve, Shifra, and Talith to see if that does anything different, because I don't know if it's it senses multiple people and we should just be all together, maybe something like that. Um, and in any case, um, I'm going to also try and go closer to the barrier. I'm going to cast Mage Armor. I don't know. Um, maybe it's like going to be a repelling effect between two barriers, but I literally the only thing I can do. So, Sure, as you try to you know huddle to some of your companions, you cast a magical spell of defense. Uh, what's that jump your armor class to, Dante? Uh, doo -doo -doo. I think it's plus 13 plus the dex modifier. So 13 plus they're just 13. 13, there it is. Very good. Yeah, the force field now is encompassing all of you. The purple glow from the glyph more present underneath you. Um, Does there appear to be a ceiling on that force field as well, or is it just around us, like a wall? From what you can tell, it's around you, probably 20 feet tall, but there is no dome or cap. Mm. <laughs> Hear me out. Oh, I'm Get ready to eat. <laughs> Throw us. Keep in mind... You each get, get one action. Dante took his to cast his spell. All right, there's there's not a ceiling on this thing, so if somebody wants out, I might be able to do it. I, I, no, no we, we, we can't leave anyone behind. Genevieve what? Oh, Genevieve's going to either like kind of try to push Shifra towards uh, Helen, and she's going to cast shield on herself. Okay, very good. Genevieve, what does your, your shield look like? Um, it's this, like, oh, goodness. That's a really great question. Um, so it kind of starts encompassing her whole body, like the shimmering force field, similar to the purple, but it's this, like, crystalline white. Nice. Um, and once it, like, goes past her eyes, her eyes flash white really quickly, and then they go back to normal. Swing! 
With your magical shield ready to protect you, Helen, Shifra gets pushed into your arms. Shifra, are, are you okay with, with the movement? I will, um, I'm just going to cast, I'm gonna cast Misty Step and try to teleport myself out of the force field. Very good. And how do you cast the spell? Uh, do you do it verbally with, with hands, materials? Yes, I do it verbally, and I am briefly surrounded by a glittery mist, and I can teleport up to 30 feet. Excellent. Uh, and so I would want to go in the direction, like, could I land on one of those rocks in the middle of the lagoon? Make a, uh, your spell casting modifier is wisdom, correct? I think so. I believe so, as a druid. Make a wisdom saving throw. Mm -hmm. Oh, gosh. Uh, not good. I think that's going to be a six. As you summon your misty step mist to teleport you to safety, you find resistance, Shifra. This magical glyph is almost, or it is, much stronger than your own magic and is anchoring you as if gravity has quadrupled its strength. You only manage to teleport five feet still inside the proximity of the glyph. Okay. Helen, Talith, you two are left with actions. Talith just, uh, you know, in a Marvel movie when the bad guys fly around the heroes and they just kind of stand there like this and do <laughs> yeah. this number. That's what Talith is doing. Looking at the force field. Uh, he, uh, there's kind of an orange energy shimmering in his hands, kind of sparking out, um, as he kind of holds his hands, almost like a Scarlet Witch kind of style. But, uh, but he's just kind of doing that. He's just like prepped. I would say he's holding his action and should anything, come to attack us, he will probably do a, either a, a, a melee or ranged attack. As you ready yourself for impending danger, Helen, we turn it to you. Okay, so I'm sorry. Was she for able to get out of the force field or no? He was not. No. The, the, All right. the glyph was too strong anchoring her inside its proximity. I could try to throw you very gently. I... I do think it's important that somebody gets outside of this thing. Yes, yeah, try. Right, <laughs> like, hold my arms up like a child. <laughs> I'm going to very, very gently and awkwardly pick her up. And sure. Just like fold her into a little ball. Helen, make an <laughs> athletics check at disadvantage. Uh, the it. power of this magical glyph distorts gravity around you. Okay, it was 215, so it didn't matter. Uh, wait, what was that? Strength or athletics? Athletics, please. <laughs> All right, well, that's a 21 total then. <laughs> Unfortunately, Helen, it is not enough strength to break through the gravitational pull of this magical glyph. And as the hum gets louder almost enough for all of you have to cover your ears a purple flash of light zoom, encompasses all of you there's a brief moment of darkness as your vision is no longer yours and as you hear another boom you're dropped out of thin air 
one by one, thud, 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 you all land on stone cold, well, stone, taking five points of falling damage. You know, a quarter of my health, whatever. <laughs> Level three. That, that, that could have been way worse. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Mm. The wizard's looking over at you with a glare. <laughs> <laughs> you are all on the ground, prone, a little bruised. No longer standing in the pleasant coastal beaches of Neverland. Dante, Genevieve, Shifra, you three would instantly know that that glyph that you triggered magically transported you to a random location on the island. Oh, no. Honestly, you all got really lucky with how I rolled this because you ended up on hex number five. So, Sheesh. <laughs> Is this going to be a thing? Are we going to be randomly transported? Oh, my God. Okay. You like, got very lucky as the jungle... Dis- Skull Island. Just like, oh, <laughs> I literally, like, I, like... We'll talk about it. We'll talk about it in the after. Sure, 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 sure. Patreon.com slash second star show yes. for uh, the inside scoop. Or if you want my DM notes. Um, very good. So a- as you all come to this cold, wet land you're lying in, the jungle has diffused into a swirling pattern of islands that quickly becomes coastal wetlands. You have been transported to the wetlands of Neverland, and as you come to, you hear a very disturbing moan from all directions around you. As you look on all four sides, some nearly mummified corpses have surrounded where you have landed, and they are hungry. Roll for initiative. Wow. Are they mummified? Are they like bipedal? Are they they uh, humanoid? They are bipedal and they are humanoid. Fourteen. You were you were right on both accounts. Seven. Eighteen. Seven. Here, I'm gonna call it out. Anyone? Nineteen and above. Twenty. Ooh. Alice, thank you. Hold on. I'm going to Google how to play rogue real quick. <laughs> real quick. Um, okay. 15 to 18. Mm-hmm. And what did you roll, Shifra? 18. And 18. Nice. Uh, 10 to 14? 14. 14 as well. Oh. Okay, who uh, I assume Helen probably has the higher decks. Absolutely. <laughs> Plus two? Yeah, yeah, that beats me by two. So. All right. <laughs> and Dante, how did you roll? Um, obviously, Michael rolls, so seven. <laughs> Hashtag Classic Michael roll. Classic Michael roll. <laughs> I mean, yeah. All right. So you awaken in these wetlands. There are like, you know, blotches of solid earth, kind of like Swiss cheese, barely connected with like stagnant swamp water bleeding the borders between these semi-floating islands. Rocks, dead trees, and earth sprout around you. These creatures that look like nearly perfect mummified corpses just without 
the wrappings, their eyes closed as if they were sewn shut, their mm. elongated arms reaching out to each of you. Talith, you're going first. These things are mm. close, maybe 15 feet away from the group and on all sides, four in total. What do you do? Shifra, you're on deck. Okay, first question. One, did you randomly roll to get us here? Like to yeah. determine, and, and you had a battle map ready? Yeah, you're, you're impressive. You are so impressive. Uh, well, I rolled, I prepped this like three days ago. Well, sure, but I'm still, you are impressive uh, that we're here with a random map. Uh, props to Joe. Okay, so Talith drops and sees the mummified things and just immediately, without thinking, is going to, uh, those those orange sparks he had kind of like jumping from finger to finger like arc lightning uh, coalesce into kind of a, a jagged blade shape. Uh, and he's going to throw at the one directly in front of my mini. Just like straight ahead. Excellent. Yeah, it's within 15 feet of you. You throw your attack. Let's see the roll. Sure, let's do that. Let's do... Oh, no. Uh, uh, the 10. A 10 misses. Um, it doesn't quite miss as the psionic attack pierces the creature's body and the wound just stays open. doesn't bleed, but it doesn't look like it affects the creature at all. Wait, wait for it. Wait, oh, I can no. do many things. Question, DM. Lucky, do I have to do that before I know the result of a roll? You do, but I'll let it slide this time because learning experience. It okay. You it. Uh, then I'm gonna use a luck point um, to just like like so so like I manifest that and I start to throw it. And I just kind of slow for a second, kind of realize like like breathe. Let's go. And I roll a natural one. <laughs> now, with okay. lucky, do you have to take the new roll? No, um, choose whichever. You can choose whichever, but I'm just going to say Come for fun, on. I rolled a one. Just go with it. Like, yeah, it's like, funner that way. Yeah, it's more all fun right. that way. Um, all right, if we're going with the nat one, Talith, roll a D100 for me. I, I've played D&D for many years and don't know how to do that. <laughs> so you're going to roll, if you have either roll two 10-siders and just, you know, choose okay. which one's the first number. Yeah, that makes sense. Next, or roll your percentile and a 10-sider. Okay. I rolled an 86. 86. All right, let me pull up my fumble chart. Here. No. 86. Oh, you're using the application? There's literally a D100 in the application. It's the two. Okay, that's cool that you know that. <laughs> yeah. It's really great that you can see my roles in D&D Beyond. Not a sponsor, but a fantastic platform. And if you want to sponsor, hit me up. Uh, feel free to email is there a D100? Oh, look at that. Look at that. What do you know? Well, we're going to go with your 86. I was just trying to be helpful. I wasn't trying to call you. <laughs> no, no. It's fine. We're just no, no. live to the world. No, no. It's all good. Call them out. All right? Please call them out. Audio, <laughs> you suck. <laughs> Palif, as, as, as the group is transported here, you stand up, you make your attack, and all of a sudden you have a panic attack, Talith. All this happening so fast, danger closing around you you immediately get confused at the commotion roll a d4 three three so you make your attack getting confused and panic you move in a random direction as you sort of brush past shifra 
you try to get out of harm's way, but instead put you closer to harm's way. So, so I think I probably like go and try and fire that and just like flies off into the sky and I just go like breathing very heavily, almost like scramble borderline hands and knees kind of like past like she for like, like backing up a little bit, uh, bumping into is that Helen right behind me? Yeah. Gotcha, buddy. <laughs> Normally I would, I would drop a bonus action here, but I, th- I think that probably, that probably sucks my bonus action moving. Yeah, so a little too I'll end my turn there. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll end your turn there. Shifra, a nervous Talith crosses past you. It's now your turn. The monsters are on deck. All right. I will cast Guiding Bolt at the monster directly in front of me. Excellent. Describe to me your Guiding Bolt. Where does it come from? So it comes from my hand, and I would just shoot it forward. And it is sparkly and unicorn looking with lots of purples and pinks in it. And um, got a little bit of like a fiery, smoky lightning kind of look to it. And I'm just shooting it at this this mummy thing. Excellent. Um, Is that an attack roll from you or a save from the creature? Um, Let's see. It's a ranged spell attack. So let's see what we got. Alice and I are not doing well. I also rolled a nat one. Oh, roll a D100. Neverland will consume you all. (laughs) 41. 41 on the fumble chart. Shifra, I think Talith, like, brushing past you, he, like, you know, nicks you on the shoulder and, and makes you launch your spell with bad timing. You actually drop to the end of the initiative round uh, um, um, next turn, so you'll be delayed. Okay. The creature's taking advantage. Shifra, unless there's anything else you want to do in your turn. Sorry. Uh, I don't think so. I don't think I have any bonus actions I can use right now. I will try. I I do. I will try my bonus action magic stone. So I will pick up a stone I'll pick up three of them and I'm going to touch them and imbue them with some magic. And so I'm going to make a ranged spell attack by throwing one of these pebbles at this thing with my sling. And let's see. When magical force (laughs) just isn't doing the trick, magical pebbles will fill the gaps. Yes. So 16? 16 hits the monster here in the head. Roll damage. Okay. So let's see. Let's. 1d6. Oh my gosh. <laughs> All right. That's going to be five damage. Five damage. A large indentation in the creature's skull drops the creature dead into the okay. swamp water. Shifra, as you have like a triumphant, like, yeah, like I got him. You notice something peculiar about this monster. From the open wound on the creature's head, a smaller humanoid, like the size of a small ragdoll made of grass and hay, sprouts like a baby alien out of the head of the monster from the wound you just gave it. Looks left, looks right. I mean, it looks like a voodoo doll and then just jumps into the water and out of sight. Okay. But you killed one, so that's good. 
The bodies of the bog now take their turn. Three still alive, they close in. One moves up on you, Dante. Okay. One moves up on you, Genevieve. And one moves up on, I'm going to roll randomly to decide between Talith and Helen. 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 Roll for Helen. Helen. Yeah. Probably for the best. (laughs) Got that HP. Dante, luckily, your very fancy, good-looking, totally dry clothes are glistening with mage armor. Hopefully, Mm -hmm. that'll help you from this mummified creature's (laughs) attack. It comes in with a claw. And hits you, Dante, slashing across your chest. You will take five points of slashing <laughs> damage. Alrighty. Another one of these mummified corpses attacks you, Genevieve, outreaching its claw as well. It hits you with a 23, dealing three points of slashing damage. Helen, this creature, though it seems undead, certainly isn't dumb. Sizing its strength to yours, it relies on a different ability to take down you. As it looks at you, its uh, its sealed eyes open, and you just see like a chaotic, swirling green glow as a shriek comes from the monster's mouth that aims to paralyze you. Make a constitution saving throw. This, uh, I, I have some resistance to some being charmed or some shit but i don't know if that applies here it is not a charm Um, but is it some shit yeah or some shit (laughs) i don't remember uh i'll never roll constitution um that is a 13 a 13 saves you manage to overcome the paralyzing shriek from this creature of the bog um and that being said helen it's now your turn, Genevieve. You are on deck. Great. How how far is it from me? It's right on you, five feet within reach. Okay, great. Oh, then I am going to uh, bonk it hard or attempt. <laughs> Go ahead and make a bonk check, Helen. That's that's, that's going to be our first merch item. Those of you it's a shirt that just says bonk on the front. Bonk check. Bonk. <laughs> um... <laughs> That's going to be a 20 total. 20, a clear decisive hit. Helen, is this from the side, overhead, from underneath? Oh, it's, it's you know, it's overhead. It's, it's I'm trying to ring that bell. I'm trying to hit that bell at the top of the thing. <laughs> yeah, perfect. Roll damage for me. Okie doke. Uh, two-handed, so we get a little bit more. Um, it's going to be 11 points of damage. Helen... Describe the killing blow. Um, well, he's in the water. Yes. So I don't, I'm curious about how resistant the bottom of it is to like smushing him down. So he, the, the water is just below the creature's knees. And this is like a, you know, six, two humanoid. Um, and it's standing just fine. So I would say that it would, you know, crush it. Actually, okay, I'm going to go out sort of in a wide swing, still coming down, but enough that I can sort of catch the back of its head, take it, and smash it against the lip of this uh, the the stone right there that we're on. 
Absolutely. And it crunches and breaks like a toothpick. And from the break in its chest, another one of these husk dolls pops out of it. Can I use my second attack to try to attack that? Absolutely. Swing. Okay. Um, I'm actually... How far away is that from me, though? It's five feet. Like, you broke its body and the husk doll sprouts from its chest. All right. I'm going to try to whack-a-mole that. <laughs> okay. That's a... Math. 24 to hit. <laughs> Clean hit. No damage necessary. You slam your hammer like a mole popping from the earth, and it crushes the husk doll, which is just made of, like, grass and hay, dispersing it on the swamp water. It just spreads out. Dead. And stay dead. <laughs> Excellent work, Helen. Anything else on your turn? Uh, that That is it. Great. Genevieve, you're up. Dante, you're on deck. Wonderful. Genevieve's going to just squarely face towards the one that just attacked her, and she's going to start uh, kind of mumbling under her breath this incantation. Uh, if anyone knows Celestial, they would recognize it. Uh, but she is going to need that creature to make a intelligence saving throw. It's going to be DC 13. An excellent check. It rolls a four. Fantastic. So mind sliver, it is going to take four points of psychic damage. And um, it will need to subtract 1d4 from its next uh, saving throw it makes before the end of my next turn. Excellent. Not enough to kill the creature, but you do notice, like, blood coming from its ears. Um, it's still alive, but barely. Anything else in your turn, Genevieve? And nope, she will just stay where she's at. Excellent. Dante, you're up. One of these bog bodies on you as well. Um, Talith, you're on deck. What do you got, Dante? Uh, because... Uh, it's up right next to me. Uh, if I try and do a spell, like a range spell, it's going to be a disadvantage. So my best bet is to use the very, very not used action of shove. On nice. This. <laughs> yeah. So. <laughs> Good old shove. Yeah. Um, so we have to make a contested athletics roll. So we'll yeah. see how this works. Full disclosure, you have to beat a seven. Okay, 11 with a minus one. <laughs> Last time, check 10, seven. Dante, um, you know what, Genevieve, if you can give me a little flavor, you might be able to trip this monster. Um, do you have a, a little quick like magic quip or an action that you would do? Ooh, well, she does have a small quarterstaff on her. If she sees him pushing, she'll very happily just put the staff out to the side. Make a slide of hand. Let's see if you can impose it quick enough to this monster. That's a natural 20. Hey. The timing is perfect. Dante, give me the flavor on the push. Um, yeah, so I had my um, cane and I just like bring my cane up so I have both hands on it and I just try and like push it back with my cane. Right, excellent. With Genevieve uh, tripping the creature over, it's going to take some bludgeoning damage as it hits its head on the stony earth. Why you don't horse around in the pool, folks? You don't want to <laughs> snap your neck on the edge. 
to the tune of three points of damage, not enough to kill the creature, but enough to shove it back and knock it prone. Um, Helen, this would proctor an attack of opportunity from you as the creature is forcibly moved out of your threatening range. Well, well, well. <laughs> My lucky day. Um, then I'm going to, yeah, alrighty, I'm going to take the whip off of my hip yeah. i'm gonna turn and i'm gonna whoosh, that boy or attempt roll with uh, advantage because the creature is prone from dante and genevieve's shove. uh 16 to hit clean hit you lash the creature across its neck and shoulders roll damage uh 1d4 plus 4 is four, uh, eight points of damage Dante, why don't you give me the flavor as this creature dies from Helen's whip? You're witnessing these chain of events. Uh, yeah, I see uh, little creatures pop out of these things' heads, and uh, I'm just, like, fed up. Uh, you kind of see me get flustered, and I'm like, I hate this place. And I just, like, push them <laughs> back with my cane as hard as I can because I wizard has no business doing melee, but that's what Dante does. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you push him back. Genevieve trips him. Monster hits its head. Helen kills it with the whiplash. And from that whipped wound, a husked doll appears. Dante, you're the closest in proximity. Would you do anything to try to interact with this husk doll? This animated if, creature? If I if you would allow it, I would like I was gonna do this anyway because Dante is just frustrated, wet pants, got teleported <laughs> someplace, <laughs> melee just frustration he was gonna grab the uh cane and like the the head of it he was yeah. going to basically swing the head of it at at like this creature even though it was like down i know i wasn't i forgot temporarily in frustration that these things pop up absolutely um go ahead and make a melee attack with your cane staff uh whatever you got there let's see if you can hit the husk doll uh believe that's a seven um so you strike michael roll creature's mm -hmm. chest with your cane as the hux doll appears and as it does it sees an opportunity it runs up your cane to try to get at you it makes a quick attack dante make a strength saving throw oh okay yeah it's cool <laughs> okay actually not bad okay 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 um so strength uh, you said saving throw? Yes, please. So that's 18 minus 117. And the husk doll rolled into 18 as <laughs> it is now with its little husked hands forcing open your mouth and yeah. trying to get inside of your yeah, yeah. mouth. Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> that seems Palette. so bad. You're up. Shifra, oh, you're on deck. There's was a husk not... doll trying to get in Dante's mouth and one living bog body attacking Genevieve. Uh, I'm going to, oh, shoot, um, point out where Dante is kind of behind me, right? Dante is right here on the angle to you. And where is the other bog body thing? Right here. Okay, so I probably would have turned to that. Uh, I'm going to roll. I'm going to volunteer myself to roll perception to see if I notice the husk thing on Dante. Uh, 
Yeah, I mean that's like a sixteen, so I probably saw it. Um, yeah, Dante, so, what are you? Are you like yelling, say anything? As this yeah. ball is forcing its way. <laughs> I mean, I thought it was I my turn already, but I'm just like, basically, you're gonna hear a muffled like, get a That's all it's all you hear, right? So, so I'm yeah, gonna Dante turn. How if you notice that? And what I'm gonna attempt to do is kind of like grab onto like Dante's left shoulder, swing myself around his body, and just kind of come in, let that orange blade coalesce kind of on my fist. Like I focused up, I'm really I'm tightened up, and just kind of like come across the husk body right on his mouth. Prop that lucky, lucky just in case with Andrew rolls over here. Hey, that was a 17 to hit. Ouch. <laughs> 17 hits. Um, this will kill the husk doll, Talith, if you want to take the flavor on the kill. Uh, it, you it's, know, it's, I have all the flavor, consider it. No, like literally that. The fist comes flying in, and right before the fist hits, you see that kind of orange energy kind of arc, like kind of like a brass knuckles across the knuckles and just kind of like uh, force it away, like out of uh, out of Dante's mouth. Yeah, it and cleaves dead. the husk doll as it just like poofs into grass and hay, uh, expelling from Dante's face. Dante, do you, would you say anything to Talith in this quick moment? <laughs> <laughs> Talith, anything else in your turn? Yeah, just in that same motion as I kind of come around, I let go of Dante's shoulder and I spin around and I, I, I kind of flick my other hand and let kind of an orange, uh, a smaller blade uh, of orange energy fly from from my hand at the the bog body which will not a lot of damage but uh roll that attack um it's a 19 plus 24 24 hits the bog body it does uh, minimal damage uh five points of damage this kills the bog body give me the flavor obviously um uh, so you see that you see Talith hit the uh, hit the husk doll and it like boom explodes. It's really badass. He turns and like throws his hand and his blade flies out and hits the bog body. And uh, the look of shock on Talith's face as that actually kills the bog body uh, cannot be hidden. And and he tries to play it <laughs> off. It's like it's, he's like, uh, yeah, but uh, very clearly very surprised at the effectiveness of this attack. Um, but it just kind of hits. It does not cause damage. It passes right through. Um, and then the bog body just crumples. Excellent. Uh, yeah, luckily Genevieve was able to loosen the pickle jar for you to get that killing blow in the bog body. Real falls. quick, sorry. Uh, I'm a rogue. So if we could just retroactively apply a sneak attack to everything I did. That'd be really cool. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, you, yeah, you double down on that sneak attack to make sure this creature stays down. Um, with that, this this area of the wetlands seems safe. Bogged bodies destroyed. Husk dolls gone. You now sort of survey the land around you. Um, you sort of have a choice to make moving forward the ward hidden in that sand that that transported you into the wetlands sort of kind of did you a favor in the sense that it put you closer to the hill that you need to get to to witness the star falling um being in hex five the very furthest southeast hex you're now mere two spaces away from the hill. Not too bad, but there is a, a contest of consideration. 
Should you want to double back one hex into area four, that is where Kahanit's camp is, where uh, a rest and supplies presumably await you. But before we make our decision, we're going to end the session, leaving the suspense for next time our adventurers pick up their dice to roll into Neverland. Um, before we go, Andrew, I know you've got a few words of departure for us. Yeah, let me actually, you know what, let's go around the uh, the cast, let everybody tell you who they are, where you can find them. Let us start with, uh, for me, down this direction, Desiree. Uh, where can people, where, yeah, I know, on the spot, where can people find you um, and check out what you're doing? I am everywhere in the world at Desmazing, so pretty easy. Short, simple, sweet, and uh, for me on Zoom, uh, Brianna, where can people find you and what you've got going on? Because you're doing so much. You've got a lot. I do have a lot recently, actually. It's fun. Um, so, hi, my name's Brianna Flame. You can find me on Instagram and on Twitter at Brianna Flame. Try to make it simple. Um, I am a creative producer and a game master over at the Initiative Order. So check us out on Twitch as well. But I'm really excited about an event that I'm going to be be in uh, next Friday, actually, um, over at uh, Latinx and Gaming. Uh, we are aiming to raise funds for Stop AAPI Hate. And we are going to be playing a game ran by uh, D'Angelo uh, on Instagram and on Twitter. You can find him at, at that underscore D'Angelo running insanely wealthy elves. So I am so excited about that. So please be uh, considering checking it out. would really appreciate it. And Michael, when you are not doing homework, where can people check you out? Um, okay. So um, yeah, people can check me out at Michael Critz on Twitter and at Michael Critz on Twitch. Um, I might play some Magic the Gathering tonight if I can get my lab stuff submitted quickly. So uh, if you want to hang out with me there and check out some new stuff that the new set just dropped, uh, that would be fun. Um, and uh, the season just got announced for uh, the second season of Motherlands, uh, Into the Motherlands, which starts on Wednesday. So uh, check us out there. There's also, a, if you probably search the Twitters, you can find it so you can get more of a clue of what's going on there um faith forge academy podcast on fridays episode drops there and then tomorrow i have another um let's get wild mount uh episode uh on twitch at critical bards um twitch channel so that's everything that i'm doing uh yeah yeah so definitely check them out at michael Critz on all the social medias emily where can people find you what you got going on People uh, can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Emily Irv, E-M-I-L-Y-E-R-V. Yeah, that's my name. Um, and I'm on 20-Sided Stories, which we're not currently releasing content, but we got we got all the content. So go check it out if you haven't. Um, love 20-Sided Stories. Check them out. Um, and in addition to that, I will be on a panel at Lisa Penrose's Arcana, which is a really cool witchcraft uh, tabletop gaming convention that's happening virtually uh, the weekend. Of, I think it's April 24th and April 25th. I'm on a panel um, just for beginner witches, uh, and I think that's at 11.15 a.m. PDT, and that's on Lisa's Twitch channel, which is uh, twitch.tv uh, slash Lisa with a Y uh, Penrose. So, yeah, come hang out, learn about magic. IRL as well as magic in game should be super fun. 
be awesome. Uh, I am Andrew. You can follow me on the social medias at Roll Persuasion. I host the Roll for Persuasion podcast. Uh, we just had an episode I recorded today with Ron Ogden of the Dungeon Run that will be ju- uh, dropping next week. The week after that will be B. Dave Walters. So if you want to hear cool interviews from fantastic people uh, just in gaming and entertainment, please check that show out podcast. Search, just Google it. Go to rollpersuasion.com to check it out. Um, also in two weeks after our next episode, I will be in a one shot for Jasper's game day, um, which is a fantastic group. Go check them out. Jasper's raising funds for, uh, suicide uh, prevention and awareness. I'll be playing the game DM'd by Deborah Ann Wool and playing with Anthony Rapp, who's been on the show before. Um, so yeah, it's, it's going to be, I, I say that very casually. I'm freaking out inside. It's going to be super cool, but also you can play. I dropped the link in chat. I'll drop it in a second. If you want to enter to play, we are raffling a seat in that game. If you want to play with me and Anthony in that game with Deborah, um, I'll drop that in chat right now. So go check it out or just go to jaspersgameday.com and click on Deb's picture. And uh, yeah, that's going to be super cool. Joe, uh, where can people hold on? I was supposed to do something else. I'm forgetting it. What was I going to do? What were you going to do? I don't remember. Probably not important then. So let's just... Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, finally, Patreon. yeah. After this, we're going to be recording our Patreon Beyond Neverland, where we're answering questions, sharing things we felt about the episode. So go to patreon.com slash second star show to check that out. Support us. We got all sorts of cool benefits, a discord that's growing. So uh, go check that out for sure. Joe, where can people find you? Yes, my name is Joe. I am the driving force behind Pull the Lever, which is a professional dungeon master service. If you're interested in playing a game with your family, friends, coworkers, and need a DM, please reach out to me. You can find me uh, on Instagram, Pull the Lever DM, and on Twitter, at Lever Pull. Um, thank you, everyone, for, for watching, for participating in chat, for supporting the show, for, for liking everything we're doing. We're super excited to give you more fresh Neverland content. Uh, I believe our next session will be on April 30th, two weeks from now. Uh, this Sunday, I'll be back on this very Twitch channel doing more miniature openings of the new Boneyard miniature set. So if you want to peep that new sweet product, I'm going to be opening it live for you. And until next time, remember, if you're feeling lost, just look for the second star on the right and stay head on till morning. Thanks, everyone. Thanks, everyone.